Welcome to Locked On Flames. Today we break down the Flames' Game 4 overtime loss to the Stars, what Calgary needs to do to regain control in the series, and more. I'm Jess Belmosto alongside Sean Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. Sean, you know, unfortunately it was a loss and uh, an overtime loss, which I feel like hurts a little bit more, mm-hmm. especially after, you know, the Flames had the lead and then they, Joe Pavelski goes ahead and ties it up with, I think it was like 12.9 seconds left. Right. To, and then he scored a That was – he earned himself a hat trick. Yep. So, so it was just kind of like, you know, like congrats, but also – Come on, like <laughs> you know, we wanted that. It was it was a you know when like you know sports commentators and podcasters and any media people they get destroyed a lot whenever they're wrong, um, but hardly do they ever get patted on the back when they're right. Yeah, I want to take a moment, Jess, if you don't mind. I'm just gonna Absolutely. pat myself on the back when I said this series has like the shoot yourself in the foot potential because mm-hmm. I think last game, game four yesterday was basically the Flames shooting themselves in the foot. And it wasn't like anything egregious of like putting a puck right. in their own net. But it was like, and the thing that sucks about it too, is it's the same stuff we've been dealing with for most of the playoffs when it comes to negative Flames points, which is penalties, right? Yeah, penalties, I think really did kill the Flames in game four. And um, it was a game they were winning, as you mentioned, they only, you know, they only lost the lead when there was 11.9 seconds left in the game. So they were really close to winning the game they probably shouldn't deserve to win. Um, And ultimately they didn't win. So I guess they deserved right. But um, in the last, basically in the last 22 minutes of the game, so all the third period and then most, or sorry, the last 22 minutes of regulation, all the third period and the last two minutes of the second period, they had five penalties in a row and Dallas never had a penalty themselves. So the Flames were playing penalty kill most of the end of the game, which is, you know, self-inflicted things. Right. And Jeff Ford even admitted after the game, like, you know, he's like, I I watched the video and, you know, those penalties are penalties. So, I mean, it's it's on us to be more um, disciplined. And, you know, the Flames just kind of, they shot themselves in the foot for one game. And I think there's lots of different things to get into. Um, the thing that hurts most, though, and, you know, if you look at the game on its own, it's like, okay, well, you know, you lost one where you, you were probably going to lose anyway. So mm-hmm. how mad can you be? You know, that's that's one thing. But, you know, you kind of do get really frustrated when now you're looking at a 2-2 series instead of a 3-1 series. Um, how much do you think the next three, potentially three games of the series have kind of swayed just on yesterday's result where now it's, you know, 2-2 instead of 3-1 for Calgary? Uh, you know, I do think that Dallas kind of has that momentum now. You know, there's a difference between being down 3-1 to, like you said, being tied 2-2. So, you know, that kind of gives them the extra confidence boost but then their other issue is goaltending because Ben Bishop um, is unfit to play still. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just like where, like where the Flames have that star player in that the Flames, uh, I mean, the stars, they, they have Anton Hudobin, who's not, who's good. He's very fantastic. But I mean, he's, he's fell on his face a few times. So, yeah. I think that it's going to take a lot for Dallas to kind of tighten up their gameplay. 
but also for the flames to just cut it out and stop taking these stupid, stupid penalties. I know. It's, you know, I guess it's nice that, because that, in Winnipeg, this happened in the Winnipeg series as well. And, you know, we look at the Mangiapane cross check specifically, mm-hmm. where it was, you know, you mentioned the cross check sandwich <laughs> on that specific play. The game after that, I remember you and I talking just about how much the Flames improved and they like literally checked off every issue that they had the previous game. It was all fixed. So I guess the Flames give us have given us, you know, a little bit of evidence that, hey, we can make stupid mistakes, but then we can also learn from them right away. Uh, it is just disappointing that I guess a couple of short weeks later, um, we're kind of back in the exact same position where the Flames have made stupid mistakes. And now we're just kind of waiting on them in tomorrow's game to, you know, learn from those mistakes and kind of make up for them. Um, one thing, I guess... You know, it's a 2-2 series, which is, it's tight, it's close, it's tied. It's now a best of three. One thing that I'm kind of worried about is the Flames haven't been the better team in a game in the last three games, right? So mm-hmm. we've played four so far. And in the first game of this series, the Flames played really well and were, you know, substantially the better team. And then now in the next three, Dallas has kind of picked up steam each game. They went from being slightly better to even slightly more better. And then yesterday, I mean, the, the high danger chances via Natural Stat Trick, which is a great statistical website um, for hockey, the high danger chances at even strength five on five were 21 to six in Dallas's favor, which is like a ridiculous number considering how weak Dallas was offensively in the regular season, right? So um, it's kind of, you know, just stupid stuff that Calgary is kind of setting up Dallas to take advantage of. So if if we're looking at the fact that, Dallas has been the better team three out of four games, then in theory, this series should be three to one for the stars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the flames can, you know, kind of count their blessings and be thankful. It's just only two, two. And, you know, they still have a chance to kind of regain that control that we mentioned and go up three, two, um, which is nice. But, you know, when you kind of consider it could have been three to one, it, it hurts a yeah. lot more, obviously. What, I guess if we're, you know, being our traditional pessimistic selves, <laughs> What are you most concerned about right now? Like, is there is there a major concern standing out? I think the top line just not being on the same page. I think that there are so many chances for them to, uh, like, to score or to generate a, a chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just – it's not there for whatever reason. I think that Goudreau is trying um, – I don't want to say harder than he has in the past because it makes it sound like he wasn't trying before, but I right. think that there's a little bit more confidence in his game right now. And it's just, for whatever reason, it's just not working, whatever yeah. it is. I mean, it's, it's kind of a two-sided coin with that first line because, you know, Goudreau specifically, who is the guy that we always talk about and have the spotlight on, He's got six points in these playoffs, and five of the six have come on the power play. So if you think about where the Flames would be if their power play hasn't done as well as it has, you know, they, they might have lost to Winnipeg, uh, if you kind of remove the whole Shifley thing, but they might have lost to Winnipeg, or at least the series would have gone a lot longer if the Flames' power play wasn't as good as it was. So, you know, Goudreau and, and Monaghan specifically are doing good on the power play, but they're not doing quite as well five-on-five. Five. And um, I think a lot of Flames fans are rightfully you know disappointed maybe and angry about their five on five play um it's kind of gotten better recently it you know it's definitely trending in the right direction i think you know but there's still a lot a lot to left be desired but i think you know we kind of have to take everything we got to give them a little credit i guess it's just with you know the power play success that they've been able to find because i think it has made a huge difference 
uh, in these playoffs. And a lot of the power play goals they have scored have kind of come at, you know, prime time where, you know, they really need a goal and the power play converts and just kind of helps them steal the game. So um, I understand the criticism and the attention on the first line, but I think there is a a little glimmer of hope that Mm. uh, at least on special teams, they're doing well. Um, What I'm kind of worried about though is, you know, remember how you and I were chatting about Cam Talbot when the Flames were playing Winnipeg and we were just like, well, uh, oh, by the way, Talbot was good and he's been good the whole series, right? Now, you know, it's kind of the same conversation. No, sorry, not the same at all, but um, Talbot's still playing well. He's still playing very well. Um, but now it's kind of very much in the spotlight, and Talbot has to be the best player for the Flames uh, every game this series. And he basically has, so um, good on him for doing that. But, you know, the Flames aren't doing well enough in front of him, obviously, to earn the wins. So um, it's nice to have your goalie steal one game, and he did that for the Flames in game three. But you know, I think maybe the Flames kind of liked that recipe a lot and wanted to stick to it. And you don't want to do that, I don't think. So yeah. um, it's, you know, it's time for someone else other than Cam Talbot to be the Flames' best player. Um, and I specifically also don't want it to be someone on that third line because Dylan <laughs> Dubé and Milan Lucic and Sam Bennett, they've all taken turns this series of also yeah. being the Flames' best player, right? So I guess those four gr- groupings have, you know, they get a shortcut. They're they're fine. They've, they've earned an A in my uh, report card. So um, now I guess we obviously look to the first and second line to be the Flames' best player. Absolutely, and I think that's a completely fair assessment. I, you know, the Flames, like you said, the third line, they've earned their marks for this series and really the playoffs in general. So I would, I'd really like to see just some life from elsewhere <laughs> so I guess uh, you you hinted briefly to the two injuries on either side uh, Dallas dealing with the Ben Bishop unfit to play and then the Flames are dealing with Matthew Kachuk who there was no update on today he's still day-to-day as he was yesterday so you know nothing's really changed there and I guess if, if nothing's really changed at least for me personally I'm kind of thinking he's not going to be playing tomorrow yeah. um, for Kachuk I guess which like it's can, if the Stars win this series without Ben Bishop, like is that kind of a, a big missed opportunity for the Flames, do you think? Or um, is Kadobin yeah. good enough where it, it doesn't matter too much at all for you? Who's in that? Um, you know, I I don't remember Kadobin's stats um, like off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but he I think he had a 9-2-2 save percentage um, during the regular season. Or something ridiculous. And he, you know, he was, like, it was like a 1A, 1B situation. Um, So, you know, he's a good, he's a good backup. Like, he is not, you know, somebody that you have to look at and say, oh, you know, like, oh, we can go in here and just dump on him. Kind of like when you get with, like, James Reimer. But um, I do think, I do think it, it is a missed opportunity but not as big as it could be. Right. Like, I guess if Dallas lost this series and Kachuk only played uh, just a few of the games, they would feel a lot worse than if um, Calgary lost this series and they lost it to Kadobin. Like, for me, when whenever I see the tweets come out, they have a game and, and they announce who's starting the net, I don't, like I have zero reaction to whether it's Bishop or, or Kadobin. Like, it's almost um, the same for me. Like, either guy's going to be decently hard to beat but you know not necessarily the hardest like we thought Connor Hellebuck was going to be last series so 
Um, for me personally, it's, you know, it could open a bishop, but I don't really care. It doesn't change much mm -hmm. for me. Um, and, you know, we kind of saw it last game where if the Flames, you know, are kind of getting stupid and doing their own stupid things, then they'll cost themselves, you know, a game regardless of who's in net for the Stars. So uh, at least, you know, there's, there's positives because the Flames were winning with 11 seconds left despite <laughs> all of the negative we just talked about. Yeah. Um, coming up next segment, we'll hopefully make it a little bit more positive and we'll try to, uh, you know, predict and, you know, encourage the Flames to what they need to correct and fix uh, for Game 5 against the Stars. Lockdown Flames continues. Don't forget to follow Sean and I on Twitter. I'm at Jessica Belmosto, and you can find Sean at Sean underscore Lavery. What do you think Calgary needs to do to win tomorrow afternoon? So it's not too much. Um, as we just mentioned last segment, they were winning a game for what would be 59 minutes and, you know, 48 <laughs> seconds that they probably didn't deserve to win. Um, and then obviously Dallas, you know, kind of the opportunity was taken advantage of by Dallas. So the Flames were there for the most part, but then it just kind of slipped away at the end. Um, the third line was good and it's been good all playoffs. I really have been impressed with what Tobias Reader has done in place of Matthew Kachuk on the second line. Like mm -hmm. we thought that was going to be a ginormous hole and it, and it is, but um, reader has really, you know, done his part and at least as being promoted and, you know, fulfilling a bigger role than he normally would have. So, you know, the third line has been okay. Or sorry, not okay. They've been very good. The second line, it's not doing as bad as we thought they would be doing without Kachuk. So now there's the first line, right? And it's kind of the same old story. What the flames need to do differently is just have a little bit more contribution at least five on five from um, their first line and you know we kind of need to see it's been a lot of Dallas out shooting Calgary the last couple games and you know I'd have to look up the the numbers specifically on what the sum would be of the last two games but you know it's Dallas by quite a bit so um, what I want to see is just Calgary kind of having control and you know not losing control um, at their own hands like I, I wrote down a note when I watched the start of yesterday's game that Calgary had a decent start, but then they took a penalty and then the stars mm -hmm. scored a power play goal. And then the stars had control of the game from there on. Right. So uh, if, if Calgary can, you know, start well, like they have been doing and then hold on to that control and let the first line kind of be the catalyst and be the ones who are, you know, putting the pressure on Dallas, then I think the flames can do uh, really well and they can kind of march on to a win rather easily like they did in game one. So that's at least what I want. Um, the question I would have for you, Jess, is, you know, if Calgary's first line, the Goudreau line, plays as well as they could, like, what does this series look like for you? Like, would it be – it might be over because they, they had a chance to go up 3-1, right? So yeah, Flames' first line had played well all series, then, you know, this, this series could have been a sweep. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I it could have definitely been over. Um, but, again, like, you can't depend on one line and – to carry the weight of your team. Um, but I would like to see them step up a little bit. I think, you know, it does come down to the Flames staying in control and not, like, taking their foot off the gas when they have to go to on a penalty kill. Like, that's not – I mean, yeah, sorry, wow, sorry, I can't even think. Um, when they have to go on the penalty kill and – you know, they're down a guy that does like you got to keep it going and you can't just you can't stop. <laughs> right. You have to just 
like I said, keep going. Well, that's and, what Dallas did yesterday, right? Yeah. You know, if the Flames are in a position tomorrow where they're down a goal or two, if they're in control and they keep going, like you say, then, you know, Dallas proved it yesterday that you can still win the game even when there's, you know, less than a minute left. So uh, I definitely I'm on your side, too, where the Flames need to just keep their foot on the gas and, you know, not let Dallas kind of take any openings in, in a door. Right. Um, mm-hmm. One question I also have in regards to Matthew Kachuk is he's day to day, as we mentioned earlier, if there's a scenario and, you know, we hate to play doctor, but if there's a scenario where Kachuk could theoretically play, but, um, you know, maybe it would be health health wise, a little safer just for him to rest one more game. Mm-hmm. Um, would you rather see Kachuk play, I guess, at, you know, 70% his usual self in a, in a game where the series is tied to two or would you, you know, let game five be played tomorrow without Kachuk and then based on the result of the game tomorrow, kind of go from there on a decision with, with what to do with him? Um, you know, I'm going to say he needs to sit out tomorrow and play it by ear because we kind of went with the assumption that it is a concussion and... Um, I don't think it's worth risking because, you know, you're obviously going to have long-term effects, but you can also see a setback Yeah, that will, um, you know, potentially keep him out for game six or seven. So mm-hmm. you never know. Yeah. He might even be, you know, he could, for all we know, it could be entirely healthy and he could play oh, yeah. tomorrow. But, um, you know, we always, there's always like famous stories in the playoffs of guys who played at 60% health or 70% health because they had a sore knee or bumps and bruises or whatever. Um, I think Kachuk's dealing with a lot more than that, as you mentioned, but um, you know, it's interesting. I'm I'm also on the opinion that, you know, it's likely he won't play tomorrow. Um, And then if let's say the flames lose tomorrow and it's, it's game five and you're down three, two, or sorry, it's game six and you're down three, two. And that obviously would increase the sense of urgency around Kachuk. Um, and you hate to kind of make a decision on what to do with a player just based on your situation of desperation. But um, I guess the Flames are lucky that they they started out the series well, and it's only 2-2 because, as we mentioned earlier, the, the Stars have been the better team for three straight games. So based on that notion, it could be 3-1 to one for Dallas. Definitely. Uh, I just hope that – do we know why um... – Zach Ronaldo is just hanging out. <laughs> Do we know why he's in instead of Jankowski? Uh, I don't know. Like <laughs> Jankowski in the games he played, he like he played he started out decently well and then um uh, you know the fourth line was never a detriment to the Flames I don't think in my opinion. So um I know Jankowski's had a tough kind of season and mm-hmm. he's been sitting out a lot especially uh, it's not even when Jeff Ward took over, but, you know, when Bill Peters was still around and uh, when Ward took over, like Jankowski was, you know, a pretty easy guy to scratch. Um, so I guess it's just, it's probably Ward playing the the matchups individually. Like Dallas does have some big guys on their, their end, especially yeah. with Corey Perry floating around and Jamie Benn as well. Um, and then when you do lose Kachuk, I guess that does, you're so used to having a Lucic and Kachuk one-two mm-hmm. punch. Um, you don't want to lose that. So then you go to Lucic and Ronaldo. Um, so I don't know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously on the record on not being a big fan of Ronaldo <laughs> and he's, he's not playing as much time as Jankowski was playing. Um, but who knows it, it shouldn't matter in the end. Um, but you know, one thing that all these penalties that the flames are racking up also does is kind of, 
you know, it takes a lot of the ice time away from someone like Goudreau and Monaghan, right? Um, and yeah. then Lindholm is playing on the other side. He's playing even more time on the penalty kill, uh, therefore being more tired. And then kind of late in the game, he doesn't have that energy that it might have otherwise would have had if Flames didn't take any penalties. Um, so, you know, on the, on the whole Ronaldo thing, um, I guess it's fine he's in the lineup because then the first line gets more ice time and more opportunity to create offense, which they haven't taken advantage of yet. But uh, I guess Ronaldo hasn't yeah. been too bad so far. He's he had the yeah. one dumb penalty, but uh, other than that, he's just kind of been so. He's just there. Just exactly, he's just <laughs> there, and he's he's not making an impact one way or the other. Um, coming up next, Je- coming up next, Jess, you and I have uh, to look ahead to the rest of the series. We kind of broke down what the Flames need to do in Game Five, but. Now we're at a best of threes, essentially. So I guess we'll give each other the opportunity to revise our picks or maybe stick with our picks on how this series will play out. Uh, you are listening to Locked on Flames. Locked on Flames with Jess Belmosto and Sean Lavery continues. Don't forget to follow our show's Twitter feed at LO underscore Flames. So going into this series, we had um, we ranked who we wanted to play uh, most to least or vice versa. Right. And then NBC Sports said that this was going to be the most boring of the series out there. And I think that they should take that back. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it has been a good series. I, I don't think that it's been as boring as, you know, <laughs> Colorado getting stomped on. Right. That's, you know, that, that's definitely one. I also, I'll admit, I haven't watched a whole bunch of the other series, um, mm-hmm. but Philly, Montreal, like that hasn't done anything for me. Yeah. Um, Vegas, Chicago, like that's just Vegas proving how good they are. So mm-hmm. um, this, but you're right. The series has the Dallas and Calgary series has been the entertainment factor, I think has been a lot better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, you know, the physicality is there. Like we, we always thought it would be when you just kind of mix all the, the individuals that we have on both rosters, you know, of course there's going to be physicality, but um, these have been some high scoring games, but we've also seen some good goaltending on both sides from different players as well. So you're right. The entertainment factor has been there. It definitely hasn't been the dullest series of all. Um, And you mentioned like Dallas was our most favorable opponent coming in. And I think we're kind of seeing why where Dallas has played, you know, better for three straight games, but it's still only a two, two series. So that kind of, you know, proves our point as to why we wanted to play Dallas. If, so let's say the Flames played exactly as they have in the in the four games where they started out really well but then kind of petered out. How do you think this series would look if, if you know, Calgary is playing maybe the Blues or the Golden Knights or the Colorado uh, in this first round? Do you think we'd be looking at a completely different series? I think that the Flames would have swept the Blues. Ooh, wow. Because of how awful their goaltending has been. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a Jordan Bennington stat line earlier today and i meant to uh grab it so i could talk about it on the show but oh it's bad (laughs) and um i when we started the segment i talked about colorado getting stomped on but what i meant was colorado stomping Stomping. on right on oh i I didn't even notice i picked up on it i maybe because i knew the square but yeah i didn't even notice the mistake yeah um i just i don't um you know out of the three i really would have I would go with St. Louis um, only if they were playing the way that they're playing. Right. I guess conversely Uh, where you, you know, you're kind of, you would pick the blues because of 
Biddington's, you know, struggles. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that would make, I don't know what the series would be like if the Flames were playing the way they have against, you know, Colorado or, or St. Louis or anyone else, Vegas, I guess. The one thing that makes it a lot interesting or more interesting than I thought otherwise would be just how well Cam Talbot is actually playing. And he hasn't really had a stinker of a game yet at all. So, um, you know, I think Calgary would at least, at the very least, I think they'd be in the series um, against one of those three great Western Conference teams. I don't know if it would be 2-2 uh, at this point, but, you know, just given how well Cam Talbot has played, that gives you a chance in, in any series. So if your goal mm-hmm. is playing that well, so... We talk yeah. about the Flames' first line needing to step up. You know, they do need to take a step up, but Cam Talbot, I guess he can't take a step down. He could stay where he's at, but mm-hmm. he can even go up if he wants to. I don't know how much more up there is to go, but uh, he just needs to keep doing what he's doing. Definitely, and I have to give him props because, you know, he wasn't the – in January, he kind of took over as the starter, but, like – you know, you go four months without hockey, just like the rest of these guys. And I'm sure in the back of his mind, he's like, you know, I'm not going to be picked to start over over David Riddick. And then he goes out and does what he does. And it's like, oh, now I get it. Mm-hmm. But I saw somebody earlier today. It was on like one of, a, uh, one of the Flames Facebook pages, which is – any fandom with a sports page group is kind of like one of my favorite places to lurk because I feel like you find some of the spiciest takes. And after, (laughs) after the game yesterday, somebody was like, it's time to put in Riddick. And everybody was like, no, no, no. Why would you do that? (laughs) No, you can't do that at this point. (laughs) No. And we talked about it a couple episodes ago too, where, you know, it's been, the line's been drawn in the sand where Mm Talbot's the number one now, right? So putting Riddick in at this point, I think is kind of like the, when you break the glass in case of emergency, that's kind of where the flames Mm -hmm. would be at at this point with Riddick. So, uh, you know, if there's an injury, that's an emergency, obviously. So we, we hope not to see Riddick. No offense to Riddick, but um, we definitely don't want to see him. I also, you, you mentioned Facebook as a crazy place for opinions. The sports at night, 60, the fan here in Calgary, I guess they were taking phone calls on the radio, uh, well into the night last night after the game. Um, and Pat Steinberg, who does a fantastic job and works an insane amount of hours when it's a flames game day. Um, he was taking calls like, or, or texts until two in the morning or one in the morning. And like one of the texts, they read it on the radio this morning. It just made me laugh out loud. And you can tell there's been a lot of like alcohol involved with many of these texts. <laughs> it was just like, it was like, I forget the guy's name, but he's like, hey, it's Doug from Lethbridge. Uh, the Flames sucked and Dylan Dubé's great. And we're like, yeah, well, I mean, Doug and Lethbridge kind of nailed it. Like the Flames kind of sucked and Dylan Dubé's been great. So uh, yeah. those those radio Radio show text lines are insane because I, when you have the calls, like it's, it, there's a little bit of credibility there, but when you text, it's, you know, it's the same keyboard warrior um, mm-hmm. thought process, right? Where you can just text yeah. whatever you want and doesn't really matter. So, but just credit to the guys who stay up late and read those texts and deal with all that. Did you ever have to do that in Toronto? So long story, stupid story. My outlook never was set up to get their text received into it. Mm. Um, I did have to do shows staying up late and reacting with a bunch of phone calls. Um, <laughs> so that's one thing. And it's like, it's, it's fine. It's whatever, but I never really got the full 
depth and stroke of what the crazy text line was like. But the phone calls were enough where it's just ridiculously crazy. Oh, I, and, um, yeah. Someone on the radio today said, oh, I wish we had like a, a breathalyzer for the phone so that we can realize how drunk or sober <laughs> these people are before we put them on the air. And I thought in my head, I was like, well, we kind of do. The breathalyzer would be the producer who's answering the phones because, you know, we literally had to make these calls on, not make the call per se, but like make the decision yeah. um, when we have the guy on the phone as to whether or not they are, you know, a risk to put on the air um, because they might say something stupid or swear. Right. And there's a bunch of guys swearing on the radio last night, but um, you know, it's, it's a funny game. Like it's a funny job to do and, and thing to deal with, but, um, that's kind of why we love it is because, you know, that's when you get like the, the honest and raw reaction in the, in the heat of the moment. And last night, if you just listened to that on its own isolated, you would think, Oh my God, the flames were horrible. Like what happened? It was a complete right. disaster. Uh, but obviously it was, everything was kind of, um, taken out of not context, but just kind of taken out of control and, and yeah. to the extreme. So it's never as bad as the callers make it seem, but obviously never, never as good either, right? Yeah, it's, I feel like, I don't know, Boston sports media is insane uh, to put it lightly, but like growing up and listening to these people like call in and start screaming. And I'm like, oh, this is super healthy, super normal. Um, do you want you want help like it yeah. was just so like yeah. right like like sports are cool and all but it's never that serious I've, I've never also had the urge in my life to be like oh i'm just gonna pick up the phone and call the radio station like let's no. chat with those guys and uh, i've never had that urge in my life still so i love the people that do call in that's you know we we appreciate them so much as people who work in in sports radio uh, but as a listener myself, I've never been like, hey, I'll just pick up the phone and call in and see what's going on. Or, and Twitter's kind of changed all this too, where, you know, I guess the oh, one yeah. scenario where I would call in would it be if I, if I disagree with the host or, you know, whatever. But now I just go on Twitter and tweet the guy and, you know, <laughs> it, that almost serves the same purpose. So everything's yeah. kind of changed. If you were just to call into a, a Calgary sports radio station today, how would you explain the next three games? Like what's going to happen? Do you think, you know, is it Dallas has played well, played better of the two teams in the last three games. So uh, they have the momentum. They're going to kind of take advantage of that momentum and uh, win this best of three. Or do you think Calgary bounces back? I'm going to say that, you know, Calgary is going to bounce back. They have excellent leadership in the locker room. And um, I think that they can find it within themselves to kind of pull it together and help Cam Talbot out. So he's not, the best player on the team night after night and uh you know Kachuk you know is a game time decision for the time being and if we see him again then he'll come back and hopefully pick up where he left off I hope so too um you know you had the flames at six so I think mm -hmm. you're still fair game I had the flames at seven, so I'm still in it as well. And it's funny when, like, when when you say flames and six, or I say flames and seven, you know, we just kind of like, oh, we'll, we'll make it six or seven games because we think it's going to be a close series. Mm -hmm. I always forget about like you know the ups and the downs that are involved in a seven game series. Like right now, we're in the middle of one of those downs, and you know, if the flames yep. win this series, we'll look back on it and think, oh my god, like why were we so you know stressed out, <laughs> or why was everyone so angry? Um, so. You know, we just kind of have to keep that in, in mind. And, you know, when we say Flames in seven, that, that means they have to lose three games. So 
Um, they've already lost two. Um, I'm going to stick with my Flames in seven. Uh, I do think, though, that you know tomorrow's game specifically is, is crucial. Um, I find it hard to stick with my Flames in seven prediction if uh, Dallas were to go up three to two. Um, yeah. And the Flames, I, I mean, it's never easy, right? We could have been up 3-1, <laughs> um, but they can't make it easy on us. No, they never do. And that's the thing about being a hockey fan or really a sports fan in general. It's just kind of like, just do it's so easy to be like the armchair GM and being like, it's so easy to do this. Just why can't they get it together? But like in reality, if you asked me to go out on skates and play with that fourth line to do what they need to do to win, it's, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. No. But um, is there anything else you want to touch on before the game tomorrow? I think I'm good myself. Uh, yeah. You know, we we kind of it's been it's almost been like our greatest hits records. Like yeah. the Flames, it's been the it's been the same things that have been popping up. And you know, we're we're lucky that it's the issues we talk about are kind of minor. When you look at the bigger picture, it's two two in the first round, and the Flames have already beaten a good team in the Jets. So. I mean, there's there's reason for hope. We just hope all we need is Kachuk to come back, hopefully. Um, that would really help the Flames a lot and then get that first line playing well. And Cam Talbot needs to just keep doing his thing as well. So basically, this show is almost very similar to all of our previous shows and that the Flames keep doing the same things over and over again. So thanks if you're still listening. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, and feel free to always send us feedback and tell us what you love about the show because a nice little ego boost is always or hate. Welcome. Tell us what you hate about the show, yeah. too. I would love to hear that. Tell, yeah, tell us what you hate so we can change it as long as it's not the losers and winners of the week because that's, that's my favorite. We In Toronto, we always laughed at – like, literally, we'd read stuff on air and we'd just laugh at it. Like, it, we put a laugh track to it. Like, it was – we had so <laughs> much fun with the hate tweets. Like, we had – so my host, his name was Matt and Matt Cause – and people would tweet in like, Matt, you should be fired. Like, and this would happen almost, you know, once or twice a month. And we would just joke because Matt's actually been fired from TSN radio oh on God. three occasions. And, you know, nothing that he did. It was all just, you know, like, you know, uh, budget cuts at the time right. or whatever, like business decisions uh, three separate times. But he's obviously such a good person and such a good broadcaster that they had to keep bringing him back. Um, so if we tweet in, you know, Matt, you should be fired. It's, oh, ha, ha, it's, it's happened three times already. And we just laugh at it. So. Hopefully we get similar hate stuff because it's fun to laugh at that stuff. It makes like, it honestly is the best joke material. So I love it. And it's your heat. Yeah. It's just, it's fun because like occasionally um, like pucker up Bruins will get stuff and it's like, okay, like, thanks. Like this is the best. Like there's a reason we're all writing for these places and you're tweeting at us, Mm. but uh, (laughs) I love it. It's, it fuels us. But uh, coming up tomorrow, we react to Game 5 between the Stars and the Flames. Please be sure to follow us over on Twitter at Jessica Belmosto and Sean underscore Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Locked on Flames as soon as it's available each and every day. Don't forget to subscribe and listen to Locked On Stars with Josh Clark and Kevin Nash as the two of those guys have you covered from Dallas's perspective all series long.